My name is Nick Flower, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in behavior therapy. And I'm Lauren McLean, and I am a therapist who specializes in behavioral therapy as well. Welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. This is a podcast about real life through the lens of behavioral psychology and applying the lessons of clinical psychology into everyday issues. Today we will attempt to tackle self-doubt. Thank you for listening what to our is, podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Doubt. Please Today, subscribe, leave a review, and tell Correct. us what you think. All opinions are... Hello, Lauren. Hi, got any good doubts? <laughs> All the time. I got some right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> do I, do, I, <laughs> do I know enough about this subject to do a podcast on it? That is number one. Uh, oh, that's you, funny. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I got a lot more. Um, I think that we all do. I, 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 this is something that we don't like. We don't talk about in the public uh, arena very that very much. We hear it in the therapy room a lot, of course. Um, but uh, but yeah, what what do you what what doubts are you having? Um, I'm not a doubtful person. Oh, good. I don't know. You can yeah, teach maybe. us that. Teach yeah, us, lead us maybe. to the promised land. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I don't really struggle with doubt that much. But um, as you said about your doubt, all I could think of was the phenomenon, how everybody thinks that everybody else is doing better because they like appear composed enough. Mm-hmm. So you think like, I have all these doubts. They must be, um, they, they must be fine because they look fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I sure. think that that's this like bias that we always think about other people. So when you said like, do I doubt that I know enough about this? Um, uh, I was thinking, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, of course, like, of I course mean, you're that, qualified that's, to talk t- about. You know what I mean? Of, kind of tongue in cheek, but I'm just saying. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I, but you problem, agree with that phenomenon, right? I do. I think the underlying thing of what I... Uh, say is i could sort of take that further do i know enough to be blabbing on in a podcast about any of these subjects you know more than the next person you know (laughs) well i can relate to that yeah sometimes i see you just sometimes doubt like do i know enough like sure sure you know you know trained enough or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, totally yeah 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 but you know what i don't know if you believe that much in astrology and i actually like really don't but Mm -hmm. sometimes like some things like fit so well that it's like hard to not I know nothing about astrology. And in my head, I have to grapple with, did she say astrology or astronomy? And which one is Oh, that's funny. Oh, yes. Astrology. So no, I don't know anything about astrology. You don't know anything. Well, you know, like your birthday has like a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. And I have no idea. You could tell, you, you could... Uh, threatened to push me off a building if I didn't, if, if I had, if I had to tell you what my sign is, I have no idea what it is. I might be able to tell you. <laughs> Maybe I do know more than I think. Uh, what? When's your birthday? October twenty fourth. Oh, well, I do know. I think I know. My sister's the twenty sixth, and she's a Scorpio. Scorpios are really like intense and vengeful people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the let, basics let me, of what I know. Then let me tell you some of the stories that I have. Okay. <laughs> Post production ad. Uh, Scorpios are also known to be fearless, bold, passionate, creative, and fiercely loyal. I want to make sure I'm fair to the Scorpios out there.
No, anyways, but I'm a Leo. I don't know if you've ever heard of like a Leo or like what that means. But Leos are known to be very confident, uh, self-assured people. So maybe that tracks with why I say I'm not super doubtful. I don't know. It sounds like astrology is pretty right on. I should get into it. (laughs) All right. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. But anyways, today we're going to talk about doubt. So um, I I looked it up just because sometimes I think it's helpful to see what old Webster has to say. Sure. And it's defined as a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. I thought the second part of that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, my, go ahead. My, what were we going to say? My, my first thoughts on that definition, and of course, there's probably, of course, there's other definitions. This is the one that you found, but this is the one we're going to look at. A feeling of uncertainty. We talk about that all the time, uh, endlessly in our work with people with OCD and anxiety. Uh, the lack of conviction. I think that's. In- Why do you think that's interesting? Conviction. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Conviction is like, uh, it's kind of a deep sense of being self-assured, right? I mean, is that how we would define conviction? I mean, that's how I understand it to be. So, and there's like, it's like almost like a sense of security. And so a lack of conviction, I guess you would think about as like an insecurity, which then I guess it does kind of match with doubt, but conviction just feels like a very powerful word to me. And so when, when you think about doubt to be like, you know, the absence of that kind of like inner security power or whatever, that does track, but I don't know. It gives me like a, a visceral response when I, really? when I read them. Like, I kind of like, Ugh. I kind of like it because the conviction sees me. I, uh, I have a conviction to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at it and I'm going to, I'm going to hit this ball. I, I, you know, I have a conviction to do this, to be, to do well at this thing or whatever it is. And so uh, conviction is sort of a motivation or a um, uh, sort of a, uh, um, a call to maybe a call to action. Uh is maybe the word I'm searching for, but yeah, it, it, I think it tracks pretty well. So a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. This is what we're talking about with regards to the definition of doubt. Yeah. It's funny, as you said that I was imagining, you know, some baseball players, they get up to bat and they got that look in their eye and they mm-hmm. hit it and it's like home run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, you can tell they got it and then they like whack it real good. Mm-hmm. And then you see, and you can see the same that you see the complete opposite, right? That lack of conviction, doubt, strikeout. You can just see it. Totally. Like they're, they're swinging at bad balls, you know, and yeah, doesn't go. Yeah, good, they don't good have, analogy you picked. They don't have that eye of the tiger, you know, anymore or something like that. If they're in a slump, you know what I mean? Uh, the <laughs> slump. I, I'm also thinking about that. They're kind of slumped over, kind of like mm-hmm. walking up to the plate, all frumpy and slumpy. You know what I mean? And that, and and the, you know, just even that word there. They're not convicted. They're not. They have doubt of their ability at that point. And you can see it in their eyes, and you can see it in their batting stance, or you can see it in the way that they carry themselves. So um, when you when when you pile that when you marry that with uncertainty yeah that's what you get you're going to get doubt and you see this play out in a number of scenarios in people's lives and holds a lot of people back but not leos but not leos we we tend to not struggle in that (laughs) (laughs) as you said i'm just kidding i mean like we are human but anyways um you know why I wanted to talk about this is I don't know if you've had this conversation with patients, but I've had a lot. I've had a lot of conversations with my anxious patients. Anxiety tends to have a lot of doubt, as in in the nature of the illness. And I've had so many of my patients ask me over the years, "I want to be more confident. How do I be more confident?" Mm-hmm. And I'm always having the conversation. Well, 
like the higher your doubt and the more you engage in doubt, the lower your confidence. It runs on an inverse scale. And the more confident you feel, the less you doubt yourself or others. Um, and so there is a bit of um, tolerance to doubt that comes with being confident. Um, you look like you have something to, you want to say. What, what, what do you, what do you, no, I just, uh, no, 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 I, just listening to you. Uh, the more, what I was struck by what you said was the more that you engage in doubt. And I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. What does it mean to engage in doubt? Because t- to me, as a behavioral psychologist, I think, oh, oh engaging in doubt. That's a behavior or a lack of behavior. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what my mind goes to right away. Yeah, I, when I say engage in doubt, I kind of almost think in the mindfulness realm. If I have maybe this is a Leo thing, maybe like for my own <laughs> experience. Um, but if I have a doubt thought, I'm pretty good at saying, "Okay, do I want to give this to my attention?" No, and then I kind of ignore the thought and then keep mm-hmm. it moving. So I don't, I, you know, we, you know, to be able to be mindful of our thoughts, we're going to recognize a thought, we're going to name it as a thought, and then we're going to decide if we want to give it our attention or let it determine our behavior or to sit and just think about it for a while. It's what we would call rumination. A lot of times people will ruminate in doubt or they have a doubt thought and then they kind of swirl about it and they think about it and it kind of stalls them up. And so engaging in doubt is more about recognizing a doubt thought and then determining how you want to respond to it, which as you said, is actually a very behavioral process because you're implying that you have a choice about how I respond to a thought and then how that thought will drive my behavior. Yeah, it's a strange thing for, you know, for people to hear sometimes, but I view thinking as a behavior, you know, and rumination as a behavior. Sometimes. Okay. What do you mean? Well, I don't always get to control the thoughts I have, but on the second level, I get to control how I respond. That part is behavioral. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Thoughts can pop into your head. I'm not doubting that, right? But like... Um, how I how I engage with it? What do I do with it? So 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 we mean um, when we say to engage in doubt, we mean to um, to orient your thoughts, to think about it, to overthink about it, to ruminate about. It. That's a behavior, and also um, you know not going up to the plate and taking a swing at the ball would be the behavioral manifestation of that, you know, is to, is to avoid. But I think we're going to get into more of that later, but that's just one of the things that I was remarking on what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, confidence and doubt run on inverse scales. The, ho- the higher or the more frequently you doubt and or engage in doubt, the lower your confidence. The higher your confidence, the less you're engaging and or mindful of your doubts. Um, okay, so I kind of brainstormed, we brainstormed the, like, a, we call, I called it the Doubt Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. As a therapist, I hear so many doubts from people. Mm-hmm. And they're all pretty darn similar. People really have the same doubts. Most people don't have all that unique or different things they doubt about. It's pretty much a common, I would say it's the, there's, the general themes are there. So mm-hmm. it'd be fun fun <laughs> to go through some of these common doubts and let's talk about them a little bit. Uh, you want to go first? Well, I have a fulfilling 
career uh, or relationship or life? You know, will I have um, will I have a good life? Basically, that's a that's a that's a doubt we hear a lot for sure. Uh, another one, another one I hear in the office is, am I going to ever have get rid of my OCD? Am I going to be able to overcome this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the, like a lot of the, uh, I think we, that's the, I, we could call these the crystal ball ones, right? Like, how will this go? How will this mm-hmm. turn out? Like, how will my life go? My, you know, let's go, whatever. Uh, another mm-hmm. crystal ball one is, will I get sick? Will mm-hmm. I be healthy? Will I have, you know, will my health stay intact? Um, will the health of the people I care about be intact? Um, another crystal ball one. Uh, what are some of the other crystal ball ones? Um, well, will my team win? <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, that's a funny one, but um, one I struggle with is, am I a good parent? Am I a good father? You know, um, uh, I, I don't worry about this. You know what I mean? It, it, it comes up, but like you say, am I going to choose to engage with that or, or not? You know, um, and uh, I, as we have talked about privately and also on this podcast, is I'm a huge fan of mediocrity and well enough and mm-hmm. good enough. And so I normally come back to that, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, these kids are going to grow up and be mostly okay. <laughs> from, mostly from their, okay. From, from, their, from their experience at, with, on this earth with me as their father, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that one. I think that, um, yeah, obviously, am I a good father is a very common one. Same with am I a good mother? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot aligned with that one that I wrote too are, is this is such a common one. Are my kids struggles to blame on me being a bad parent mm-hmm. or are my kids struggles my fault? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that, well, I mean, the short answer to that is, is no. Um, but that's, you know, these are all ones that people really struggle with. And I think that it's incredibly normal to like, I, I don't even want to say normal. I, I almost want to say it's like a guarantee. Like, is there any mm-hmm. parent that doesn't sometimes doubt themselves? Very, no, no, yeah, there are very narcissistic ones that are kind of aloof and just don't think they ever do anything wrong. I mean, that's the other thing. We're talking about doubt here. There are some people for whom doubt, you know, I, mean, I don't think you're a narcissist or Leo necessarily, but like, <laughs> you know, you can imagine the people. We can that... let go of the Leo thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're being, if you're any level introspective or, or trying to be, then you know, I think there's room for healthy doubt, but then we, of course, we talk to people with a lot of unhealthy doubts and that's kind of what we're talking about this. Yeah. I think within the parent category, but also as a broader worry, am I doing the right thing? Right. I hear that one all the time, personally, professionally, am I doing the right Mm. thing? Mm. Can I make the right choice? Right. Should I be doing this? <laughs> yeah, right. And, right. Um, whether it's as a parent or a person in the world or a choice that you're making, like whatever it is, like that is so normal. I have that thought all the time when I'm trying to make choices as a parent. Am I being too strict? Mm-hmm. Am I being too this? 
Mm-hmm. Am I, am I, do I need to take my psychology hat off here for a minute? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, we have all of the, I have all those thoughts, right? But the longer you, you linger in it, like it, it doesn't end well. You just mm-hmm. kind of swirl in doubt, makes you feel insecure. It makes you feel less capable. It makes you feel like somewhat paralyzed in like that thought, like that thought is not an empowering thought. Right. It's just not, you know, it kind of arrests, um, your development it like stalls action so yeah that's um, the that's the point it stalls action it's not a useful it's not a good use of your time to totally. ruminate to ruminate in these things we have to be uh, we have to sort of get into the mindset of being being moving into action you need to step our fingers and get up back to the metaphor of the person at the plate you know they, they don't have a choice every couple innings they got to get up to bat they have to they got to keep getting up there and i think that's you know the baseball player is lucky in that regard because they're up you're up you have to go you know um uh if we could sort of apply that lesson to you know people who are struggling with self-doubt and a range of things in their own lives is to say no i got i gotta go i gotta get up and i gotta do this and you see that in some people at work they have to show up you know uh they have to you know continue to, to produce or to be the father, uh, mother, um, the employee, whatever. Um, but, uh, but I, I guess I'm always moved to want to, um, to focus on the action piece. To focus on action. Yeah. 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 Uh, use baseball. I feel like basketball is another one. Basketball mm-hmm. moves so incredibly fast. Oh yeah. Right. That if you're not playing well, it's so easy to get lost in your head. And it's so mm-hmm. obvious as the fan watching that, like they're not, playing well because they're lost in their head mm-hmm. and i know uh sports psychologists will say it's a lot about accepting the last loss mm-hmm. and choosing to commit to move forward and wipe the mm-hmm. slate mm-hmm. and and that's true with you know obviously with things outside of sports right like accept the loss accept the regret and mm-hmm. choose to wipe the slate move on right so if you're doubting mm-hmm. yourself as a parent or an employee or a partner or whatever mm-hmm. however you're doubting yourself accept the loss and then in doing that, you actually can exit the cycle of, um, of doubt. Can I say one thing about, I love sports as a metaphor for so much. And uh, yeah, I, I had my girls, um, oh, Madeline, the older one, uh, and so, did soccer this year. And the coach, the coach said something I thought was really profound. Uh, my little league coach told me something very profound one day. I think I shared it on here. Um, but uh, he said, the, you know, the, the other team would score on the girls and they, and they would get bummed out. And he would say, remember, the most important thing is, uh, one, to have fun, but number two, um, score the next goal. Get the next goal. Don't worry about that one that just happened. Get the next goal. That's the most important thing is to keep your eye. Get that next goal. And snap them girls right into shape. You know what I mean? And they were focused on yeah. this next thing, you know. And I, and I thought that was just very wise, you know. Yeah, it's like a great little snapshot thing, right? Because doubt, mm-hmm. you're not th- thinking about what the next goal is. You're not thinking mm-hmm. about your next action. You're actually stuck in the past and you're stuck in regret or mm-hmm. you're stuck in not believing in yourself. And all of those are very like useless processes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. What are some of the other common ones? Will my team win? Am I a good athlete? You can replace athlete with anything. Sure. Um, Am I weak? Am I weak? Oh, yeah, am let's I just talk weak... about that one. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say about I, that? Well, just am I a weak person? Do I really have, uh, you know, 
like you mentioned, this is an issue we see with a lot with men. You know, do I just need to suck this up? Uh, am I just oh, like a weak person? I mean, I'm blaming it on like my anxiety, my OCD, but shouldn't I just, you know, how many times have you heard this? Pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, and just get it done or whatever. Yeah, uh, probably every man I've ever treated has asked mm -hmm. me, is the problem me? Am I just soft? Am I weak? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, like, if you'd like, I can pull out the DSM and show you, like, the criteria mm -hmm. for an anxiety disorder. And maybe mm -hmm. then you would believe me, but probably not. You'd be like, mm -hmm. how do we know? <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, the, 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 uh, the, it's pretty normal to blame yourself as the problem as opposed to being able to say, like, something's happening here. And by yeah. the way, the, uh, another example, I always, we were talking about man, man, I'm sorry, um, postpartum depression in women. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen mm -hmm. women like literally fraying at the seams, like struggling mm -hmm. so hard with the transition to being a parent, sleep deprivation, um, hormonal shift. I mean, postpartum depression is a like a widely uh, known phenomenon. The literature, you know, we have data, everything kind of supports mm -hmm. it as a thing. And I cannot tell you how many women very obviously in the throes meet criteria, all the... Um, all of the uh, the data me mechanism, what are those things called? Inventories will say, hey, like, this is your score. You meet criteria. And yeah, be like, right. No, I'm just, like, not doing a good enough job. Like, I just mm -hmm. probably need mm -hmm. to get a little more sleep or, like, mm -hmm. the problem mm -hmm. is me. The problem is not to postpartum depression or whatever. Sure. Um, that's a one that I, I see so much of people in denial of that. Yeah, and I often say to them, oh, well, you know, um, if you'd like, I'd just come in here and yell at you every week and say, come on, don't be a sissy, you know, uh, <laughs> pull yourself up. By, you may just do that like week in and week out. Do you think that'd be helpful for me to do that? Or, or, or are we going to call this what it actually is and, and give it the proper respect it deserves, you know? Um, yeah. Or I'll say, if that worked, I would do that. I would totally come in <laughs> and, and yell at you like that every week. I would totally do that. I would like that, actually, you know, but... <laughs> Do your patients like you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't go on Google. You'll read some bad reviews potentially. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I appreciate. I think we have to laugh, especially with thoughts like that. Learning mm -hmm. how to laugh at your doubts is incredibly mm -hmm. useful. Um, sure. Okay, so we talked about maybe being weak. Um, let's see. Um there, and then there's all the appearance one. Am I good looking enough? Will I lose my hair? Mm -hmm. Will I gain weight? Will I lose yeah. weight? Do people like me? Am I likable? Am I attractive? Mm -hmm. Am I blah, blah, whatever it is. Um, right. And, you know, that's one that will torture people. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, all of this will, but that will really mm -hmm. torture people because the reality is you are who you are and you mm -hmm. look like what you look like. Mm -hmm. And learning how to live with that and kind of mm -hmm. accepting that there's just like only so much you can do to yeah. change your appearance. And just, it's sure. like so much easier to just be like, okay, this is me like it or not. Right. Like this is me. Um, yeah. The ability to do that gives, that's where confidence happens. You know, um, sure. doubt around body image will create so, like talk about a slump right like slumped posture like mm -hmm. wearing like big baggy clothes hiding under hats sure. hiding under mm -hmm. beards um like you know all of that like how you carry yourself 
it's almost impossible to feel confident when you decide that you don't look good and you don't like yourself. And so you make yourself small, which then com- it's just confidence becomes this like big downward, downward, downward thing. Yeah. Once again, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this attentional shift towards the doubt um, that again, I'm calling a behavior, an attentional shift towards the doubt to ruminate on that. And then a behavioral manifestation of that, which is to, like you say, grow your beard out. So yeah, these are all, these are all disabling. Um, doubt is disabling and doubt is a waste of time, you know? Uh, and that's, I think the issue we're driving at. Yeah. And like it, it kills your confidence and everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel confident. And so mm-hmm. Sometimes people are not quite sure they want to like let go, you know, like the dog with the bone. They don't want to let go of the bone that they like want to hold on to their doubts. But sometimes Mm -hmm. a great motivator is, hey, like you will feel better. You can feel Mm -hmm. more confident and learn to tolerate either the unknown or yourself or whatever the thing is if you let go of doubt. Mm -hmm. Because that will open the door to the learning and the capability of feeling more confident. And if you feel more confident, a lot more doors open for you, both for yourself and externally in the world. Sure. So um, let's talk about, let's talk about, yeah. that's a good segue into, you know, what, how do we, res- how do we respond to doubt? You know, what are some ways that we can tell people to respond to their doubts? Sure. Well, I think that there's, there's essentially like two categories with doubts. One are uncertainty driven. Um, and that's the whole, like, we've talked about this before, like, it's going to go one of two ways, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. That's uncertainty driven. You know, mm-hmm. we have to kind of live with the unknown and try mm-hmm. to work to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the, like, will I get sick? Like, will I have a fulfilling career? Like, will my team win? You know, mm-hmm. all of those questions, like, the, the answer is you got to let the tape play out. Yeah, and accept the uncertainty of it, like you're saying. I think that's that's the main piece. Is where I'm constantly asking people to accept uncertainty. This is a similar situation, you know, with with yeah. doubt. And then I think you know you you mentioned this that by acknowledging in this is the I guess the other uh, option uh, that we're discussing is by you acknowledge that that the, when you're swirling in doubt, you're actually getting in your way of making an impact on your life. You know, you're actually uh, you're, 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 you're attending to the doubt you're, and when you attend to the doubt, you're not attending to what you can actually do about the problem or engaging in what I always talk about as value-based behaviors in therapy. Um, so you're wasting time spending on the doubt and you're, and when you're doing that, you're not living your life. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge opportunity that you're missing, which is what can you do about Mm -hmm. this thing? And instead of swirling in the doubt of what if, mm-hmm. instead we want to work on like building our agency to like, mm-hmm. what can I do here? Right. Mm-hmm. A- am I a good father? Well, like, what can you do about that? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. am I a good enough partner? Okay. Well, let's think about what, like, mm-hmm. where are my opportunities for growth? Am I going to be mm-hmm. successful in my career? Well, like what kind of skills, trainings, opportunities, things can you seek out to grow professionally? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, will I recover? This is the one that we get all the time. Can I get better? Can you ensure, can you promise mm-hmm. me that at the mm-hmm. end of treatment, 
that I will be cured? And which I hate that question. I don't know about you, but uh, the answer is, well, like work real hard. <laughs> so I love. I that mean, that's question. part of it. That's part. So of it. I, but yes, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't think you dislike that question. I don't know. I mean, I do. Maybe you do. I love that question because it's an opportunity to 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 model this exact thing. You know sure. about acceptance. Am I going to get better? Are you going to help me with my anxiety? I, I don't know. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what i say <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna try okay good we'll both try you know so we yeah we, we don't know um we, we don't know this is the this is this is uncertain this is uncertain you know it is uncertain how we'll go for i tell you what i am certain of i'm gonna give it a, a good try if you keep coming in here i'll keep talking to you you know and i'll try my best to help you get to this other place that you want to be you know and so we're trying to model acceptance that we don't know how things are going to be, but we're still going to forge ahead anyway with, with sustained, um, and, and targeted effort, you know? Yeah. You know, as you said that, um, I'm thinking that the answer to most things in therapy mm -hmm. is the balance of opposites. And I know that sounds really vague, so stay with me. Um, mm -hmm. There's the unknown of like, I don't have a crystal ball. Like I can't anticipate how you will respond to this treatment. And the other side of that equation is if you're willing to do hard work, accept mm -hmm. hard emotions, learn how to tolerate hard emotions, learn how to live with doubt, learn how to tolerate uncertainty and mm -hmm. not act from a place of fear. Like those mm -hmm. are the pieces you can control. Those are the variables mm -hmm. that if you work hard in treatment, you sure. can make progress on. But mm -hmm. there's the uncertainty component of maybe you have a history of trauma. Maybe you have sensory yeah, sensitivities. Right. Maybe you have a lot of perfectionism. Maybe you have, I don't know, any of these other variables that are going to complicate how you respond to treatment. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the pieces that I can't control. And so mm -hmm. it's the balance of these opposites, right? Sometimes we need to know what thoughts to attend to and we need to know what thoughts to ignore. And so I can't give you a one size fits all answer. It's about the balance of both. And sometimes I'm going to contradict myself. And that's not because I'm not competent. It's because sometimes it's contradictory. Mm -hmm. And we need mm -hmm. to learn how to balance and tolerate both of those things. And so um, if you just take this narrow question of can you ensure that I'll get better? It's just not it's not a narrow answer. It's never mm -hmm. going to be a narrow answer. And so People we have to kind of live with that. Yeah, people want that narrow, quick answer, but that's a sure. that's an oversimplification of the process. Is the is the point? Yeah. So you know, if you think about doubt, you know, sometimes we can put it very clearly of like, hey, that's like an uncertainty tolerance thing, and mm -hmm. that's a stop getting in your own way thing. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's both of those together. Um, you know, one thing that I, I hear a lot of, I'm sure you you might, uh, you've probably had this experience. So let's say somebody has the, like a one of like a health anxiety one. Will I get sick? Um, and the answer is, I don't know, maybe probably you're human. Like you're probably going to get sick. I don't know how sick you'll get, uh, you know, there's that, there's some crystal ball things yeah. there, but that usually is followed with, I won't be able to tolerate it if I do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I always think that's interesting because the doubt is about learning to live with the possibility. But the second piece is going to be about saying, I actually have to learn how to live with pain. And that closed, I cannot tolerate it, you know, 
um, that's that's such a, a stall point for people. And it, it's like it's almost like what's behind the doubt. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're doing that all the time with people is helping them to sort of deal with that that struggle, you know, that you, people say, I can't handle this. I can't even handle the idea of it. And then we're helping people to say, let's try, let's go towards that thing, you know, when you're going to see and talk about ways to build self-confidence, you know, that that's it. You know, how often have you met with somebody and then you help them struggle with these doubts, they overcome them and how, you know, how good it is to see them flex on the other side of it, you know, and have that confidence. My favorite thing is when people finish treatment and they look like a different person. Mm -hmm, totally. Like there is nothing better than that. Mm -hmm. Like I'll have people that when they come to me and you see this more when you treat people in person than telemedicine. I think, mm -hmm. I think this is one of the limitations of telemedicine. When people walk in my door and they're kind of like slumped over, you got the beanie in their eyes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that they just like want to be small. And when they finish and they stand tall and they have confidence and they're taking on things in their life and in the world, like it is just like the coolest thing to watch somebody like, mm. um, it almost feels like a metamorphosis or something. Sure, you know what I mean? Totally. Well, like, like all of the caterpillar goes to the butterfly. Like yeah. you just look different. And that is mm. such a cool thing to see. Well, that's how I talk about when I talk with somebody at an intake session, I'm going to say, this is what we want this to be. We want therapy to be. Uh, a transformative event in your life. You know, there's going to be how things were before therapy and there's going to be how life was after therapy and they should be different, you know? Um, and well, that's just generally about therapy, but with regards to doubt, you know, you're going to tackle this differently than you have before. You know, um, you're going to find that you're not going to be engaging in this, uh, you know, sort of mind, mindless waste of time that is to, you know, constantly be ruminated with doubt uh, and to go towards these things and overcome them and show yourself that you can do it. And it's going to be a different way of interacting. So, yeah. Well, you know, to follow up on that, the cognitive therapists, people that do more of the C, cognitive mm -hmm. and CBT, one of the things that they're always looking for people to reflect on at the end of a more behavioral intervention, aka like trying new things or mm -hmm. going towards their fear, at the end of the behavioral intervention, we always want to reflect on, um, how'd that go? Was that that exactly. bad? Hey, totally. look, you, you accomplished that mm -hmm. and you lived on the other side of it and you mm -hmm. actually look a little brighter and you, mm -hmm. you know, faced your fear and you did all of these things and mm -hmm. was it as bad as you thought it was? And how do you feel on right. the back end? And, and we're trying to kind of like highlight what they call new learning, which I love. Right. I love that. It's like a little mm -hmm. catchphrase, new learning. Mm -hmm. What is the new learning that we can integrate and move forward with? And right. if you can be unmindful of doubt, the new learning is, you know, maybe I'm not the best parent, but like I can live with myself. I'm a fine parent mm -hmm. and I can be confident in my ability to make choices or, you know, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to come on the back end and I'm going to feel like, all right, I can be, I can like rise to the occasion. I can be mm -hmm. spontaneous. I can go with the flow. I can trust my judgment. That's a huge new learning. I can trust my judgment. And if I can trust my judgment, I can trust myself. And then if I can trust myself, I can feel confident. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the unmindful of doubt will allow that new learning and that new learning will dramatically change how you view yourself in the world. Totally. Yeah. 
Okay, yep. cool. Anything else you want to say about doubt and confidence? Um, you know, I just do things repeatedly, you know, uh, go, go towards it. You know, I, I'm an action oriented therapist and I want people to go out and bump into things in the world and have new experiences and, you know, um, Oh, you know, um, you, you, know, you could sit and you could challenge the thoughts all day in your head, but until you're out there actually moving around and taking a swing, you know, getting back in the batter's box and, you know, getting back in there. That's, that's, that's my, that's my, take home message for how to overcome doubt and to increase confidence is to get back up. Yeah, totally. And I think where you can laugh um, in the flaws or Mm -hmm. the misses or the fails Mm -hmm. and to be able to laugh and be like, okay, that didn't go well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's almost funny that that didn't Mm -hmm. go well, but to be able to try to have the security to say that didn't go well because Mm -hmm. that didn't go well, but that didn't go well not because I suck or not because Mm -hmm. I'm the problem. And so being able to kind of attribute the outcome as the outcome, as opposed to the outcome as reflective of who you are. And so if you can separate that, you can laugh at your fails. Mm -hmm. And then, as you said, I think repetition is huge. If you can laugh at your fails or laugh at the fail or even externalize the fail and then keep Mm -hmm. trying, that's where Mm -hmm. your confidence will come because your skills will build. Right. And that's another way to say acceptance. You know, if you can, if you can, I like how you said, accept the outcome of the event, but not necessarily have it be some, you know, um, stain on your, on your humanity, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, the pizza didn't come out exactly like you liked try it again. You know, totally. Yeah. It is. It's not because you're a bad cook. It's because that you right. linked for like two minutes or whatever. Right. Yeah. right. Leos are good at that. We can end on that. <laughs> oh my God. It's the Leos. Okay. <laughs> I will try to not confuse astronomy and astrology. Um, uh, too funny. Well, <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right, man. Catch you later. Okay. Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell us what you think. All opinions are our own.